0: You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode.
1: This episode is brought to you by Prospect, the premier streetwear brand and sneaker boutique based in sunny San Diego, California. Home to a curated selection of classic footwear from brands like Asics, New Balance, Puma, Saucony, as well as local and globally known streetwear brands like Belief, Ellist, Rottweiler, Stussy, and more, not to mention their own Prospect label and the iconic Just a Kid from Dago collection. Sneaker and streetwear enthusiasts can experience Prospect's curated boutique through their online store, and now you, Sneaker History listeners, can get 10% off all orders from the Prospect website with the code HISTORY10. That's promo code history10 at prospectsd.com. That's
0: P R S P C T S D.com. Jordan trying to shake off snarks. Oh, what a roll! Oh! oh! LeBron
2: changed with no regard for human life. seconds. Against Gill, the on its feet. Aaron for the win.
0: Yeah! The sneaker history what up what up welcome back to the sneaker history podcast my name is nick ingvall today i've got a special guest with me along with my guy robbie falke to talk about some uh some stuff that we don't normally get to talk about on this podcast with too much depth of knowledge but jay how you doing man hey i'm good thanks for having me on guys N- no problem no problem at all so if you're familiar with Shanghai Soul on social media networks, Jay is the man behind that account and, you know, shares a lot of insight into, um, I would say like a, a broad variety of shoes, but like more specifically kind of gives a, a perspective for people here in the U.S. as to how things are received in China. I know like we had a conversation with one of our other co-hosts who couldn't make it tonight um, about how you showcase some of the stuff that we think uh, is, is already sold out here where you're like, oh, it didn't sell out, you know, it's just sitting on shelves over there. So I'm, I'm super stoked to, to talk to you. You know, we followed each other for quite a while and, um, you know, shout out to uh, Keith from our sneaker history community for kind of putting us in touch and making me get in touch with you because, you know, I'd, I'd been wanting to for a while, but you know how it is with the internet. You just, you just keep going and then it, you know, everything kind of keeps moving. So I'm super stoked to talk with you.
1: Yeah, thanks for Yeah, again, you know, um, he reached out to me too. And he's like, yo, I think you'd be a great guest on on the podcast. And I'm, I'm super curious on what your take is on the sneaker situations uh, going on in Asia versus North America right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's to- two totally different worlds. We live on the same planet, but two totally different worlds when it comes to sneakers out here versus what's happening in the states right now.
0: Yeah, so so Robbie is kind of our resident Kobe diehard fan, lifelong Kobe fan. Yeah. (laughs) Broke out some, some old Kobe gear just to showcase. (laughs) Um, but we've been talking a lot about, you know, the Kobe stuff and we'll get into that, but I wanted to kind of, um, allow you to share who you are, your background and, and a little bit about yourself to kind of give people an idea of, of, you know, I think why you're one of the people that, that a lot of us consider more of an expert in this kind of world you know this this two worlds that exist yeah um yeah my name is uh
1: jay Uh, my instagram is shanghai soul um i've been out in shanghai since 2011 and um been you know buying sneakers since you know uh fourth grade what was it like 94 um I, i mentioned on a previous podcast that my first pair that really got me addicted to shoes was the CB 94s, Air Max 2. And it's really interesting because being out here, I mean, I was born in the States, um, went to school in the States, uh, moved around quite a bit growing up, uh, went back to the States for college and grad school and then you know, taught taught out in Maryland, and everything but um, sneakers has always been a big passion of mine. Uh, More on the basketball aspect. Um, living in the States, and then more of like a Jordan head after moving out to uh, Shanghai back in uh, 2011. But it's interesting because I get to see uh, what's happening in the States. And I'm not talking about like, you know, during the pandemic. I'm just talking about in general right. uh, versus what is happening out in Asia. Because I would say, I would, I would argue that China probably has the second biggest market in terms of sneakers. um, That probably even trumps Europe at this point. Um, And, and if we're being honest, it might be a one B to North America's one almost, I wouldn't even say it's too far behind in terms of what we're getting and in terms of allotment and shipment and um, just even collabs and Types of special releases, you know, like I think you guys know that we get all these crazy Chinese New Year releases, we get all the um singles day, which is a very um China specific holiday. Um, yeah, so definitely all the sneaker brands out there have China as one of their like, okay, we got to make sure that we take care of the Chinese sneaker market. Um, well,
2: there's one and a half billion people,
1: one of their top priorities, yeah, for sure. <laughs> a lot of feet a lot of shoes to sell yeah it's a lot of shoes to sell
0: yeah it's it's interesting too because like you know we've had over the last i would say three to four months i mean i guess like backing up my background being in the sneaker thing for so long and and you know like i i kind of have uh a closer affection for a brand like Ning because they were the first brand that gave me the opportunity to like shoot photos courtside when they released the Baron Davis shoe, you know, like 2008 or 2009, whenever that was. And so for me, it was like, that was like a cool, like, it was such a cool experience to be able to do something that I'd always dreamed of doing through that relationship with the brand. And, you know, the brand here in the States has turned over and changed people probably five or six times since that happened. But you know in terms of the employees and you know the, the the athletes that they work with but recently you know i think we're seeing more you know nightwing does a good job of this where
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: he's able to he's able to access some of these shoes that they never make it to a, a you know to like mainstream mm-hmm. footlockers here in the states but we're also seeing that footlocker is is like finally kind of opening back up to that, I think they, you know, they did that for for the Baron Davis line w- way back in the day. Um, but as Nike's taken more of the market here, it's, it's unfortunate that the, that as they're constrict or they're, you know, reducing their distribution here in the States, it's also kind of, you know, the, the other brands aren't filling the the other retailers, I should say, aren't necessarily going and finding more variety. It's right. like, seems like we're just seeing more and more, you know, Nike. And, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Nike. I think we all are, right? Like, it's just a, right. the na- nature of the business for us to be fans of Nike. But I look at it, and I think like, it's just, it's unfortunate, there's, there's not more competition between the brands, you know, <laughs> yeah, probably. For... <laughs> um Because I think there's a lot of really cool stuff that, like, I would say, you know, three, six, one, Anta, you you know, leaning those three off the top Mm -hmm. are are easily at the level or superior to some of the brands that here in the US we look at as the, you know, top tier brands. And even, you know, in basketball specifically, you know, I think that the Chinese market has has been almost more dedicated to the game of basketball than the u.s market in a lot of ways right hell
2: yeah right it's wild you see here um, there's two different i just brought up footlocker.com the leaning all city and the way of wade eight are both available multiple colorways on footlocker right now and those are such like techie basketball basketball shoes that really kind of help paint the picture that china's serious about their hoop shoes from like a performance wearing them, enjoying them from a performance standpoint. And that just ties back into your point, yeah. it's really interesting to see that.
1: So, um, speaking on just let's, uh, there's three parts about uh, something that you brought up, Nick, that I think are, is really interesting. And then if we're just going to focus on leaning, cause I would say leaning is might be the leader in terms of basketball sneakers in China. Like, I know, obviously, okay. we have, you know, uh, anta and peak. But peak, I would say yeah. leaning is probably the leader, it's it's like the Nike, right, if you want to compare it. Um, right. So like, there, you know, obviously, the, the early the early adaptations of leaning was not very popular, you know, like people in the in the States, you know, they would never be caught wearing a leaning basketball sneaker. They're like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would say it's just hard in general to especially performance to kind of break through to be like, Hey, we actually have tech that rivals other big companies because no one just thought that that's the thing. It's like, why would I wear this when I could wear Nike air or react or boost? Right? Like the, there's no way yeah. that this tech is, is as good. Um, so early adaptations, I agree. It was pretty, uh, it was hard. Um, and even in China, Leaning isn't the number one um, selling basketball brand, right? Like, I mean, when you have Nike and Adidas and Puma and 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 all those other brands and Converse, like, why would you reach for? You know, consumerism is very is very real here as well, right? Brands mm-hmm. make a difference. Um, And then I think that sort of changed, like that was the first part, you know, it wasn't very well um, adopted. And then number two was when they finally signed Wade on, they're like, whoa, we got an athlete in his prime wearing our stuff. It's not like an athlete that's in it for a money grab. Yeah, and is about to retire, right? It's like, it's maybe like the analogy of a of a european soccer player that goes to the states.
0: That goes to the states, yeah. <laughs> yeah. to the yeah. states for That's like the great. last yeah. few
1: years of his career right? and... yeah.
0: yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um but you know Wade came early, he signed on early and I think that that kind of opened people's eyes to hey, if if he's willing to leave Jordan Brand to sign with Li Ning, that kind of that kind of shook it up a little bit. Right. Um, and yeah. then since then, obviously, D'Angelo Russell has followed suit and, you know, a couple of other stars. Um, but even still, it's like the same thing. Like, I think for a while, even Shaq had was with like, Anta or, or Pe- or maybe yep. he was with Peak or something. But it was like at the tail end of his career, same with Rondo, like, people weren't gonna buy a shoe for a guy who's 38 years old, playing, <laughs> playing in yep. his last season in the NBA, right? Like that, that was not appealing to anyone. Um, So when Wade signed, that was a huge difference. And, you know, living here for 10 years, to be honest with you, leaning shoes aren't even that accessible, weren't, weren't that accessible, not until maybe two, three years ago. Way of Wade shoes, you can't find on shelves. They're even limited here. So it's not like. Oh, wow. you know, it's made in China, so people can get easy access to it. It's hard to get Wade shoes awesome. here, and they're really expensive. Now, their other generic basketball line, um, that's a lot easier to get, but the Wades are like they sell out in in, in seconds and minutes. People line Ooh. up for them, <laughs> but you just never see them. And yeah. the, the brick and mortar stores, you just don't even see that many leaning stores. Um, there, we have a street in Shanghai that's like called. Kind of like known as like the Footwear Street, where it's got all the flagship stores. So it's got Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Puma, all next to each other, and it's all the major flagships. And they're all like you know three or four stories high, like massive stores. Uh, and then two blocks down is like a leaning that's like inside of a mall. Like you wouldn't even know that it was there. So so it's uh, not it's not marketed to like people walk in there's not a lot of foot traffic into these places
2: are clay thompson's shoes with ansa also hard to get like d wades or same thing really yep. same thing
1: super hard to get and i don't know why why they're really hard to attain like and they're really expensive too um and then i think so i mean in the in the more recent years um leaning has opened up a lot of bigger stores, which are now like lifestyle stores. So it's almost like, um, I want to compare it to something in the States that you guys would have, maybe like a house of hoops. Okay. Right. Where it's something a little bit more like fancy, a little bit more flashy. Um, It's not just walking in and it's just rows and rows of um sneakers it's you walk in and you see their lifestyle apparel you see like graffiti design on the walls you see it's very done up now um so you definitely uh leaning in in, in general you never I've, I've probably seen like five anta stores since i've lived in shanghai i'm not even joking like you wow. they, it's just not It's not a culture of buying those kind of sneakers in-store. You can get them online, but you just can't get them in-store. But Li Ning is definitely trying to break through in terms of just the buyer experience of being able to walk into a store, um, try on their stuff, take a look at the different models that they carry. Um, Again, though, their way of weight line is completely sold out. So crazy. But um, I did pick up a pair of I did pick up a pair of uh, Leaning basketball shoes. My first pair of Leaning basketball shoes that I play in a, in a basketball league, and we get um, we got sponsored by Leaning, which is kind of nice. Okay, um, nice. And uh, they, they they gave us some some jerseys and a, and a pair of shoes, and I have to say they're probably one of the best basketball shoes I've worn in the last like. Well,
2: I know Mike years. got a pair of the Way of Way 8s. Uh, He's another host of the podcast. And they look really cool, man. It's kind of hard to break past that that mental barrier of it being a different brand. Like you live there 10 years and you just got your first pair. So it's like for other people, it's probably gonna be a little hard. Yeah. Super interesting though.
0: Yeah, do, do you think that, you know, do you think that that, that limited supply, you know, you talked about the consumerism. Do you think that that limited supply is, is intentional in a marketing sense for those products? And, you know, like, I, I guess, like, to, to make it as general as possible, you know, we could, we can all relate to Supreme, right? Like, right. they just, they just limit the number of products to such an extent, I mean, now they're producing more, but it's, they've, they've built the brand to such a massive, you know, uh, size and uh, audience that, everything is going to sell out almost every time. And, you know, obviously, we've been talking a lot about, you know, even like, you know, recently, the sneakers app has been, you know, getting a lot of negativity in the press. And like, I even saw that, you know, Nike came out and, you know, essentially is going to try to tighten up their, you know, their partnerships with retailers in in the coming months to, to, you know, hopefully get more people getting access to the shoes. But to me, it seems like that's just like the natural place that we progress to of like, hey, limited edition products sell out. You know, they drive so much energy. I'm sure for even, you know, brands like Leaning, Li if there's a line outside of the store for the for the Wades, that's probably the easiest way for people to know that those shoes are available now, you know, because they disappear so quickly off the Internet.
1: Yeah. Um. I So, Nick, I, I definitely agree with that, you know, that that seems to be the best way to do it, which is make make your product famous by only releasing like 10 10 <laughs> items of it right which um but i think it it kind of backfires a little bit just because if you're trying to play catch up it like you need you need product in people's hands in order to to market it right like if if only the collectors are and and i'm not they're not going for like crazy resales so it's not like resellers are buying them and then flipping them it's right. just it's just so limited and uh, they're just hard to get. And if and if you're already like, you know, fifth or sixth place in the market, like just making it super limited, I think actually hurts you because you want people to wear them, you want people to post them. And if you only released, you know, a full size run and that's it, you'll you'll never get get it out there enough. So um, yeah i think maybe maybe in this situation it's a little backwards but i i definitely understand because that's the that's how you know it works nowadays but it's always been like that for wage shoes they've always been super limited yeah,
0: yeah. right it, so i mean and and you know i wear a size 13 so they're even impossible for me you know to even if i find like once in a while i'll see someone on care. ebay if yeah like it, yeah exactly like Once in a while you'll see, see a pair on eBay, but then, you know, it's, it's, I'm not a, I'm not enough of a fan to pay, you know, 200, $300 for a shoe like that, unless it's something that I I have a connection to the story. I just, I I would love to have a pair. I would love to be able to compare them to other things that I have and wear them and play in them and all that stuff. But, you know, when it's, you know, to your point about playing catch up, when you have a lot of good stuff on the market and the market is saturated you know we've talked a lot in recent you know episodes of the podcast the new converse stuff the new puma stuff mm-hmm. even the new new balance stuff is really mm-hmm. nice on the basketball side and you know so Ooh. here in the states not only is it accessibility for those brands you know just being able to find them or get them in a size but also to think that i'm going to pay you know, potentially an extra 40 or 50% more on the price. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for me, even as somebody who buys, I try to get every brand so I can have the experience and, and kind of, you know, be able to compare and contrast and share that with my audience. So, um, I don't know. It's really interesting strategy.
2: Here's a strategy idea for you. So D Wade just got involved with the Utah jazz. You see players with the Bobcats, AKA Hornets, wearing Jordan stuff, even if they're not a Jordan athlete because Michael Jordan's a part owner. I wonder if they're going to start bringing in like way of Wade shoes for like the eighth, ninth, 10th player on the bench and start getting more players, just wearing the shoes outside of D'Angelo Russell. I can't think of many other players really repping the brand. So it's like maybe the ownership stake can help put a foothold. That's really speculative, but just it's, it's gonna be hard to want to try a shoe if you're not seeing it, you know, or you're not exposed right. to it. So I
1: think that's a pretty good idea. Actually, um, Robbie, I, I think that that would be a great way to market it out there. Um, I have to say, though, that with Anta and um, the new Anta clay shoes, the Wade shoes, and even their some of their generic line shoes, like they're pretty nice. Like the designs are bold. The colors look yeah. good. I don't know if you guys have seen those Gordon Hayward shoes. Those look super fresh, like they're sleek yeah. looking, like they're, they, they, they hit all the right aspects in terms of design and, um, and tech now, because now the tech is catching up. I think before it was both design was low and tech was low. So obviously that's a fail. And then design yeah. was up, tech was low. Mm, that, that's not going to satisfy the basketball purists. But now that everything is starting to catch up, like I like, like I said, um, my first pair of leaning shoes, I wore them and I was like, these are amazing. Like they're super comfortable, they're super snug, they're padded in all the right places. Um, and it's funny because now I think they're not, like the big companies are now skimping on tech. They're like, oh, we can't add full length zoom. That's too expensive, <laughs> you know, like that's too expensive. We're just gonna add four foot zoom and you know, fine line cushioning in the, in the heel or vice versa. And the companies in China are like, oh no, we have this, we have the tech now. So we're just going to just throw it all in there. And, and they feel really incredible. So it's funny how it's kind of like switched a little bit.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that came up in a previous episode of our podcast, um, you know, I kind of threw out the idea of, uh, to to Robbie's point about Dwayne Wade getting involved with the Jazz as an owner, I threw out the idea of you know having um, you know I think I think Leaning is uh, is a, is Jimmy Butler is, is also wearing Leaning yeah. now right yeah so like Jimmy Butler and and Dwayne Wade both being from Marquette, how close do you think we are to seeing a brand like Leaning come in and sponsor a school here in the U.S. because that to me is also another another missing piece to the puzzle, right? Like we've we've all seen the, you know, the the documentaries around how Jordan was an Adidas athlete, yeah. and he was, you know, kind of lured away by Nike, but then we also all see these athletes who, you know, traditionally wore uh, a Nike shoe all through AAU and and, you know, college and then end up signing with the brand same thing for Adidas, you know, that grooming aspect. For, for players is also, I think, an important piece that a lot of people don't talk about because it's a little bit of a sensitive subject, just because, you know, at least here in the States, are still debating whether college kids should be paid to play basketball and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that like, you know, obviously, leaning is all these companies have the, the, you know, the money and the ability to, to, you know, step into this to the US in in that sense, and say, we're going to be a big player. But as far as accepting it as the consumer accepts it, I think that now that you have, you know, the presence of of D Wade and Jimmy Butler, and that connection to a school like Marquette, it's, you know, being in Chicago, it's a big sneaker market, it also like, can play into a lot of, you know, that, you know, just that that story of basketball, that's so strong in places like Chicago, and, you know, obviously, New York and, and LA and stuff here, but yeah. like, to me, having those two kind of personal connections to a school might even be another way that they can, you know, enter the market in an, I guess, like non-traditional way. But do you think that's possible, or even a thought process potentially for the
1: brands? So, so I, I this is a perfect segue into what I was going to talk about, which you might have. I mean, I've recorded um, two podcasts and I've talked about this issue that a lot of people in the states have no idea about. Um, but to be honest with you, I think right now, Leaning is like, we don't need to do that. I know, And I know it sounds weird because it's like, wait, don't you want to be like the third, you know, second or third, you know, thought of sneaker company when it comes to athletic performance. Um, but right now, um, a lot of influencers and athletes in China have left the big companies to go to Leaning. Um and and the reason for that is a political issue that they have with Nike mm-hmm. um, and uh what's going on in the Xinjiang province about the cotton dispute um so so Nike came out with a statement about a, a month ago that said we don't support the use of cotton um coming out of this region because of um unjust uh labor labor issues and and China fired back and said We don't know what you're talking about this is not happening this is not true all of our you've been using cotton from here for years and now all of a sudden because um, h m came out and made a statement a lot of companies followed suit Um, so like gap zara nike adidas converse they all came out and kind of said well we don't support what's going on here and china fired back and said this is not happening and a lot of the citizens here have actually stopped endorsing those brands um and so nike nike lost uh about 50 influencers um converse lost their biggest three and they all went and they're all uh jumping on to leaning now and so wow. and so it's really crazy i mean literally i follow this one guy he's got you know like a couple million followers and one day he was posting converse and the next day he was posting leaning so um, sounds like me yeah. there right now, I think leaning Li is like, oh, we're in a great we're in a great spot right now because yeah. we don't need we don't need the the u s market um and we don't need what's happening um we don't need that relationship um whether that's the right business model that's you know up for debate, but um it's it's making a huge shift in terms of ranking of sportswear in China right now. Um, Leaning
0: has jumped several spots in the last three weeks, even. Yeah, that, that's something that I actually, so I want to get into like the conversation around Kobe, but that's something that I think is really fascinating too, because personally, I just think that the need for brands to be these like massive global entities to be profitable is the wrong approach, just from a fundamental, you know, standpoint, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we've gotten to the point in in business, especially in the United States, where, you know, if a brand isn't constantly growing by 10% every year, it's not successful. And Mm -hmm. that mentality has taken you know, it's taken all of the mom and pop stores away, it's taken all of the, you know, the opportunity for someone to get involved as a fan of sneakers or streetwear or athletics or whatever that is. And to me, like, you know, part of that is, you know, I I understand like, hey, you've got shareholders, and and that's who you're, you know, at the end of the day, that's who drives your business, because they fund what you do. But I also think that it's really interesting, because I've been wondering when this would happen with you know, say some of the other brands here in the States that are popular because there's, you know, a brand like New Balance, for instance, not in terms of basketball, but in terms of lifestyle, they've, they obviously want to grow, but they've, they've got a very solid dedicated following for, you know, premium materials made in USA, made in England, you know, some of the made in Japan stuff. And like, they don't have to do a whole lot. So they don't, they're not like Nike where they're increasing the production of, you know, new shoe styles every single day. You know, like Mm -hmm. you could go to a new balance site and see that they're only going to upload, you know, three to four, maybe 10 pairs in a week where Nike is uploading a thousand new products every single day. And, and I've always thought that like, you know, not that I'm in any way against any of these companies being as big as they want to try to be, but like at a certain point, like it's, it's, you know, diminishing returns on, on, you know, trying to grow and be something that, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of seen that with brands throughout the years, you know, you, you guys are talking about, you know, soccer, and it's kind of look, I look at like an Adidas or a Puma where, you know, they're, a they're a recognized brand globally, but they are nothing compared to, you know, what they are for, for the game of soccer or game of football right. in Europe, right? Like, that is just such a massive piece of their business, that anything else is is just not touching, you know, the, the value for that is like, so far, you know, down compared to that, that soccer community and customer base. But I, I'm, I mean, I guess, like, maybe this is like, just a start of something that we're you know, potentially going to see other brands try and, and, you know, and maybe that's kind of been part of the strategy all along for the limiting of, of, you know, products because, you know, being from Sacramento and, you know, in the Bay area, most of my life, it's crazy to me to see someone that's as popular as clay have, you know, and, and the fans have very little access, you know, aside from, you know, like the last year or so him, him being hurt. I mean, people are diehard Warriors fans. You can't go mm-hmm. anywhere without seeing Warriors stuff, and people people walk around wearing Under Armour curries and you know that kind of stuff. But I know that the Clay stuff is just not available. You know, it's, right. it's you've got to be really you've got to be really dedicated with your time in order to even get access to a lot of the product from from you know an Anta or, or a lot of the brands. But that specifically has always been kind of interesting to me. So, do you think there's like Like, you know, is there anything that would potentially even change that political, political stuff aside, you know, the situation that's going on right now aside, you know, prior to all of that, do you think that there's any desire for a leaning to, to, you know, go beyond having this really kind of niche way of weight brand that's popular and be a part of like American basketball?
1: Um... I don't know. Like, it's weird because you would think that they, I think that they tried it and then it was like, ah, it didn't work. So let's just stick to what, what's working right, like what's working with us within China. Because like you said, um, they, they had leaning shoes in the States way back when and, you know, it, it kind of flopped, right? So I don't think that they want to, to go down that road again until maybe they feel comfortable doing it again. Right. And I think they're on the path, though, to be honest with you, because more and more athletes um, and recognizable athletes are starting to wear it. And I think that they're just waiting for the right time to reenter the market. It's the same with N1. Uh, if you think about it, like N1 yeah. for a while was dominating. You know, they're still around actually, you can still get yeah. shoes, but like they're but they don't market at all. Like, you know like they still have tai chi's they still come out with retro tai chi's every once in a while they still have the the blank face um t-shirts and stuff like that but but they're not like um in in the public's eye anymore and and for whatever reason maybe you know maybe it's not the right time or maybe they're writing, waiting for the right collab but i think leaning is kind of is kind of doing the same thing a little bit where they they've done it once. It didn't work very well. And maybe they did it prematurely at that time. And so they're just waiting for the right time to, to, to come back and hit everyone over the head and be like, bang, here we are, we're back, we're back. And we're, we're not what you yeah. thought we were. That That's
0: a good point. Cause I, I think too, like, you know, the it, kind of to circle back, like basketball culture has fallen off a lot in the States, in my opinion, and big
1: time. You know, we're
0: seeing like, you know, and one was one of those brands that like, if you played basketball, you bought something from and one, whether it was shorts, T-shirts, you know, shoes, socks, like everything. And one did meant you were a basketball player, right? You were a Hooper if you had and one. But (laughs) one of the things that's kind of, you know, interesting now is like, we just had a conversation around all of the, um, the ALD New Balance kind of storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there you go. See, um, Robbie's pull out the uh, the N one, you know, jersey, but
2: probably from you know, two thousand one.
0: Yeah, yeah. But like, it's interesting because like now New Balance is recreating a, a you know a traditional Nike commercial with the you know the for the for the five fifty and having Jason Williams on the commercial. They're embracing basketball as like a lifestyle in like an older generational way. But that's closer to embracing basketball as a lifestyle. And like, you know, um, the popularity of the game to me has, has fallen off so, so much in terms of just like marketing dollars, right? Because we yeah. shifted everything to, you know, having Virgil Abloh and, you know, Travis mm-hmm. Scott and all these people that are massive influencers and massively popular, but they don't, you know, basketball is is intertwined into their stories, maybe but it's not a, a core fundamental of the way they market themselves or their products. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, I, 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 mentioned earlier,
1: it's, it's like, uh, in China too, the, the influencers move product tenfold compared to the athletes. So, yeah, and, and in the States, it's, I mean, your athletes, I mean, the athletes in the States are the most famous in the world. And yet Travis Scott moves more product than Kyrie. Like it's that's just fact now. And that wasn't back. That wasn't the case back in the day, you know, back in the day, Barkley, Barkley commercials, Jordan commercials, um, Vince Carter commercials, uh, rocking and one Marbury commercials. Like those were that, that is what, um, kind of pushed, pushed the product back then, but that's not the case anymore.
0: Yeah. And, and so kind of to, to, you know, shift that conversation into like Kobe and his popularity in China. I think like part of what we talked through with this whole situation of him and you know, or his estate and Vanessa Bryant kind of, you know, breaking up with Nike, so to speak, we I, I personally had the thought of well, this would be a great opportunity for them to like reposition that contract in a way that, you know, whether you end up re-signing. you know, I've seen lots of theories that it's just a marketing thing, Nike, they'll come together and, you know, it'll be off the market for a year or two. And then we'll we'll see them back and Kobe's being produced Mm -hmm. again for under the Nike brand. And, and I Mm -hmm. think like, you know, as a fan, like, I, I could totally get behind that support it, understand it, you know, but I also think like, it's an interesting time, because my perception from the States is that he is, you know, quite possibly one of the most popular athletes in China. And I think that, you know, I, be going back kind of to our conversation about the brands and like wanting to be a part of the U S Nike is exactly that with China, right? They want to, to sell a product in China. And if, if there's, if it's not happening now naturally, or if there's things that are causing it to, you know, deteriorate, do you think it's possible that you could, that we could even see, you know, like Vanessa Bryant and the Kobe estate partner with a brand like a leaning or Anta or, you know, any of these kind of peak brands in a way that actually fulfills that kind of, you know, that that fanatic, that, that fan base that's waiting for Kobe shoes again. Um, I definitely
1: think that could have happened if he were still alive, because okay. I think I think Kobe, and I'm you know this is obviously this is all speculation. I I I, I think um, Kobe he he knows obviously his reputation in China. He is he is the MJ, um, he is the MJ to people here, um, because he's one of the first athletes to come out here, represent you know basketball in its purest form. He you know there's stories of him hitting up the parks. like 5am just to go shoot with local hoopers and and stuff like that when he came for the olympics it was just you know you know um you know especially during the last dance when we saw all that footage of mj in barcelona and how crazy it was it's like that for kobe here um he's he's a legend i just posted on my stories the other day they still run ads um of him all the time wow Um, his, and you know, they're not, they're not like, um, and someone messaged me and was like, oh, is that, you know, is that copyrighted or is that like, did they steal that? And I'm like, no, no, no. These were all like official websites, um, big companies that, you know, had, had licensing with him and and stuff like that. So like the food delivery ad is even him like holding like a delivery bag, right? Like it's (laughs) just, yeah, it's funny, but, um, I think he knew how big, how big he was here. And I wouldn't be surprised if he switched over to a to a Chinese brand, because it's kind of like what happened with Wade. Um, I'm sure Jordan brand was not giving Wade full control, or control of how he wanted things done. And leaning swooped in and said, Hey, man, we'll give you whatever you want. (laughs) Like, whatever you want to do, however many quantities, whatever you want your own subdivision, um, and and that's what it is now. Way of Wade is is the Jordan brand um, of China. There's no like they have very little Leaning Li logo logos yeah. on it, um, and people just call them Wows because it's W O W Way of Wade. And so they're they're just considered yep they're just considered Way of Wade's now. They're not they're no longer considered Leaning. So I would not be surprised in the least if um you know i'm sure people are like no no way that's impossible kobe and nike go hand in hand and and all that stuff but you know it's not like kobe didn't play around in different shoes back in the day i mean he was rocking jays and he you know i would say i would say his very first two adidas shoes are just as iconic because that's 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 when I was in love with Kobe the most actually was when like when he got drafted and rocking crazy eights and, and the the pair after the Adidas 2000 top tens and stuff like that. Those were, those were amazing shoes in my opinion. Um, But I definitely could see it happening now. I don't know because he's no longer with us, whether, whether um, you know, the Kobe estate is willing to kind of leave the country with, with, that stuff but i think if kobe were here he would have no problem being like hey i want full control i want i want more freedom to do what i want to do and if and if that's going to be with an outside company
0: then so be it yeah are there are there any other athletes that that i mean obviously nobody's going to compare to kobe but like are there any other athletes that you think carry you know potentially enough weight in china that could potentially turn into a, another version, you know, like we talked a little bit about like the Aaron, uh, the Gordon Haywards. Right. But then like, you know, we got pretty excited when we saw that, that, uh, Aaron Gordon shoe, you know, around mm-hmm. Christmas time. And it's interesting because from the American perspective and, and here you're seeing it as like, okay, these guys are good, but they're not the top right. tier players. Right. And, Unfortunately, as fans, most of us just gravitate to that top five or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we don't, especially with sneakers, we, we don't veer off of that too much. It's it's pretty rare, you know, unless you have that hometown guy, like I kind of, you know, made the comment a couple of months back where, like, you know, De'Aaron Fox being a Sacramento Kings player and and now in a Nike commercial for these new kind of, you know, um, greater than series things. Yeah. Like yeah, it makes me, it makes me interested in the shoe in a shoe that I probably wouldn't have, you know, I think the tech is really dope and I want to see it, but like having that like actual personal connection and as a fan of him makes me actually want to buy a pair of those shoes. So like, are there any athletes, you know, that you can think of that have in any way, anything that could potentially grow into that, especially with like, I would say, you know, the perception of maybe younger players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know. Uh, if we're talking about younger players like
1: right now converse is the way that they've marketed themselves um is that they're trying to catch the new wave and it's really funny because the converse marketing in china is way better mm. than the converse marketing in the states um they feature kelly Ubre and uh shy gilgis alexander all the time in their ads um they're always posting their fits they're always posting like so the it's a very clear path as to who they're trying to market. Like they want these young kind of stylish players that really care about that want to mix fashion in with basketball and and that type of look. Um you know, so they're definitely going younger. Um with it's hard for leaning to try to get any of the athletes because it has to work for them too. Like they don't want I mean, no offense to your Kings because I, I love De'Aaron Fox, but it's like, they may not even want a De'Aaron Fox. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, yep. is he really going to push product for us? Um, yeah. And and so it has to, and it's hard because I would say the second athlete behind Kobe in terms of popularity is LeBron. Yeah. And we all know that he's got his lifetime deal. So there's no way he's ever leaving Nike. Um, yeah. And um, after that, it would be, katie and kyrie who are all very signature nike athletes um now uh whether you think their line is doing very well that's another question of her debate because i feel like after the kd4s or kd maybe even kd7s it's kind of like plateaued a little bit and maybe with the kyrie line as well Um, but i think that it's in the works, they're just waiting for the right guy to kind of come along. And to be honest with you, if a company is like leaning, who's getting more and more reputable, is going to throw the bag at you. Now that, like I said earlier, the designs and the tech is catching up. Why wouldn't you sign? Right? If they're willing to, to to give you more freedom, more design ideas, all the designers, you know, that you want to work with, and it all fits in terms of like how they feel on court and and all of those things. I don't see why why a a big time athlete up and coming athlete wouldn't want to
2: sign.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Um, Robbie, I'm just gonna give you a chance if you had any questions. No, that's all
2: really good insight. I had no idea that uh, the cotton stuff and the Kobe playing at 5am is a lot of good insight. I would have been very curious. I'm sure you heard Jay about like the Mambasita and Mamba, all of the trademarks that they had filed the, 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 the Brian estate. So I wonder like, man, like what if they were going to have like a whole Mamba line underneath another brand or maybe to start a whole brand? I think it's one of the more interesting what ifs that will ever be.
1: I think that, I think any of the Chinese brands would have been salivating. At the opportunity, oh yeah, throw the bank, to offer whatever, whatever you want, he wanted just because just because he's the biggest athlete here, you know, like people adore him and love him here. So I think that would have been a very, a very mm-hmm. tempting offer, in my opinion. And, um, you know, just to go back to the, the cotton issue, it's funny, I just checked my sneakers app today. Um, and it's the first time in three weeks that it's been updated wow that's so crazy. so it, it it seems like things are maybe getting better because i was shocked to see a pair of uh shoes on there i i was not expecting that the last time um a pair of shoes was on there was the end of march dang wow that's crazy and and um, yeah, like Nike, Nike's losing business out here. It's big time. Um, they've lost 50, like they said that during that whole when the controversy first sparked, it was uh, Nike. Nike stores lost fifty percent of their foot traffic.
0: Yeah, and, and it's it's so tough too because once once that kind of thing happens, you know, like I, I don't, yeah, I yeah, think anywhere, hard, hard you know, track, it's hard to come it's back.
1: Hard, it's hard, Yeah, it's hard to it's kinda hard to like undo that statement, right? Because as a political as a as a company, global company, you kinda have to you kinda have to make it, but if you're trying to make money, you kinda it's kinda hard to
0: where's the line, right? Yeah, most definitely, man. If they don't
2: make dollars, it don't make sense. (laughs) I believe is the same.
0: Well, it's been awesome to uh to 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 chat with you man i really appreciate the time um i wanted to ask one thing because like our kind of motto for sneaker history you know since i started has been respect the past share your knowledge and empower the youth so uh,
2: now that i found out
0: that you're a teacher i have to know do you get to incorporate sneakers into your teaching
1: oh my god (laughs) um the the sneakers are incorporated maybe more than the curriculum, but let's keep that on the on, on the, on the um, You're no, the fun I mean, teacher. I, uh, okay. So I have a a good friend that works at Converse. I also coach the varsity basketball team. So I have a good friend that works at Converse, and for the past two years, he's hooked he's hooked me up and the team with um, their. Uh, pro Evo BB basketballs, oh, basketball oh, shoes. I love that shoe. Yeah. So I have three pairs of them. So if you guys check my Instagram, um, last Christmas, oh sorry, two Christmases ago, I gave them the Grinch colorway, of the of the Pro BBs, um, and we did like a whole skit with it. It was really funny. And then last year they got a pair. Um, we wore them for our home game. Um, the kids in my classroom, they're you know in art class, they're like, Mr. Sean we drew you a we drew you a, a Jordan, an Air Jordan One. Can you hang it up in your room i'm like yep so i got like a little shrine in my classroom with like pictures that they've drawn and just little sneaker keychains and and stuff like that so yeah it's definitely it's definitely a hundred percent woven into into my life here
0: awesome man well um, adorable yeah it's great i love it i love it man i I appreciate you taking the time um yeah is there any other way you know um that, that people can connect with you
1: um yeah i mean most I'm not on Twitter. Um, I can't get addicted to another form of social media, so it's it's just Instagram for me. Um, you can reach me at Shanghai Soul. Um, I like to post pictures of you know stuff I've I've picked up, but I also love to post photos of like what's out in stores, and I think that that's one of the biggest things that gets the the most DMs and and comments and, and stuff like that, because there a lot of people are blown away by what is out here right now. And uh, it's it's pretty fascinating to see the, the differences in release times, and even more so now because of the cotton issue and because of COVID. Um, but the drastic differences in what's out now versus what's out in the States, it's, uh it's pretty, it's pretty eye opening.
0: Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time thank you for all all you for tuning in uh make sure, sure you follow jay uh as he said like you know i think this is one of the one of my favorite accounts because just seeing the disparity and like it's like mind-blowing to even think about the things that you come across that are just like here sitting on the shelf and you know anywhere in the us people are like oh i'm gonna go get that and throw it on StockX. <laughs> so uh, yeah definitely, I know. Uh, definitely cool to really see
1: irritating that's super yeah. irritating actually yep
0: yep so all right well again thanks for the time jay thank you everyone for tuning in um we will catch you on the next episode peace thanks a lot hey y'all nick ingvall here before you take off i want to thank you for listening to the sneaker history podcast It really means a lot that you would spend a portion of your week hanging with us, and if there are any ways that we can improve the podcast for you, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory and join us for as little as 5 bucks a month. That also gets you access to our Discord group, which is a lot of fun. Also, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We just started uploading our videos there now, so you can watch the video version of the pod and a lot more. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. It's a small gesture that can go a really long way to making somebody's day a little bit better. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.